how Jackie starts every episode. I know, no, it's not even by choice. It just, like, happened. Yeah. So, hi, guys. Welcome back. Episode number four of the Baby Mamas podcast. Um, it's been exciting. As always, I'm Jackie. Oh, and I'm Angie. And we've got our very first guest today, our friend Katie. Say hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk to her. Katie just had a baby three months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk to her about her experiences with pregnancy and conception and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but first, we're going to talk about my two-week wait. How was the two-week wait for you, Jackie? It was fine for me, but that's because I wasn't the one going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was crazy because I was, I was Googling everything that I had. And every single symptom that I had, I'd be like, my butt itched. And I'd be like, oh! <gasps> itchy ass pregnancy <laughs> or like I kept flashing my nipples at Jackie because no 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 not flashing them literally every time she came home she would get in the house whip her shirt up and be like what do they look like today do they look different because apparently your nipples get darker is that true Katie yeah did your nipples get darker yep <laughs> in like the first two weeks though uh, early on, yeah. but not in the first two weeks, yeah. like in the first month or two. I think yeah. I started telling you that I saw things that were changing just because I was so tired of But then asking. I was like, okay, my nipples aren't really changing. And then one day I whipped up my shirt. I think it was at my boss's house. Anyway, I whipped up my shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> and oh there was this one stray nipple hair sticking out. And I've never had nipple hairs. Like, I'm not a nipple hair person. What did your boss think? <laughs> I was in the bathroom by myself, okay? I was just wondering that myself. I was like, I've seen the house, and mm-hmm. were you just like, hey, guys, yeah. what do you think of my nipples? <laughs> do you think they look darker? Because I think that's crossing a line. <laughs> no, there was one dark nipple hair that was sticking out. It was, like, sticking straight out of my nipple. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> And then it got me excited that maybe I was pregnant again, but I'm, I don't think I am. You got excited again about being pregnant. Yeah, because I'd given up hope again. because my nipples weren't changing. <laughs> That's not the only way to tell if you're pregnant. I don't know. But my boobs were really sore, probably since right after the IUI. Yeah, I don't know. She kept making me, like, feel them and tell me tell her if they felt different and, like, yeah. did the nipples look darker? Do my lip nipples look bigger? I was like, I don't know. I feel like I needed to, like, start measuring them or something. Do Take you, pictures of them every day. Do your breasts hurt before you get your period usually? Yeah, but these hurt, like, around the edge mm-hmm. of them, whereas normally it's just, like, this all-over ache. But also it's so hard to tell because Clomid has a lot of pregnancy mm-hmm. symptoms, too. So it just sucks to try and figure out if I'm pregnant. Um, but I had a blood test today for the HCG, so we should find out probably tomorrow morning. Yeah, but we should probably go back to um, you had it. You had the progesterone test as well. Yeah. To check for ovulation, and they and your number was forty six, which is high. Yeah. So we got okay. really excited about that, but then also found out that when you're on Clomid, you'll have higher HC or higher progesterone levels. Yeah. Right? So. We got excited, and then we were like, oh, maybe this isn't really a thing. Maybe this is just because of the meds that she's yeah. taking. But um, it was good to know, at least, that you definitely ovulated and that things were working there. That's yeah. a good, mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah, so that's <clears throat> the update right now. We don't know if I'm not pregnant, but I'm pretty convinced I'm not. Yeah, because she's guess. having, like, period cramps. I'm having period cramps. And I'm, spotting. like, spotting, and I don't know. I just don't think I am. Yeah. So, actually, I was feeling a little PMSy today. <laughs> yeah. What was I... I was angry about something with you. <clears throat> oh, it was the conversation that we had this morning about sperm. I was like... <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Ange likes to have, like, important conversations when I've been awake for three seconds. <laughs> and I had had, like, 
three hours of sleep and she's like sperm let's buy more sperm now and I was like what are you what are you I don't even know what's happening and you're making this whole new decision about what we should do and we can't afford to buy more sperm right now so what are you talking about and we like got so annoyed with each other and we we're just like let's not have this conversation right now yeah because so. you like it's like you wake up with this like whole new idea and you're like I have to talk about it instantly or I'm gonna forget and then I'm just like what like you're yeah so yeah that's fun Anyway, what was the two-week wait? I guess you didn't really have a two-week wait, did you? You just sort of, like, were surprised by the fact that you were pregnant, Katie. Yeah. Um, I randomly decided to test super early after one month of trying, and it was the day before your wedding. And I thought I was staring at the pregnancy test so hard that I was hallucinating <laughs> a line because it was so faint. And... Uh, so I didn't really believe that it was a positive. You were also used to doing the ovulation test where... Yeah, so I also got super mixed up about that, where with the ovulation test strips, the line has to be as dark or darker for it to be a positive test. But when you're taking a pregnancy test, the HCG is never pre present in your mm -hmm. urine unless you have like some sort of tumor secreting it or... <laughs> uh, fertilized eggs yeah. <laughs> secreting it zygo, some sort zygo, of zygo. an embryo something some like that yeah anyways so i was like oh that's barely a line and i have that i'm pretty sure it has to be darker that makes so. sense when you're like obsessing about the stupid ovulation test strips which mm -hmm. we have already bitched about enough i probably don't need to hit that nail on the head anymore but um it's just like you're constantly staring at it like, is that as dark? Is that as dark? It looks partly. But then mm. when you're looking at a pregnancy test, it's like anything. Yeah. Anything is a, is a positive, really. Yeah. Any line. Um, yeah. And the, so that was like eight, eight days after I ovulated, I think. So you weren't obsessing about symptoms? Nope. It was no. also really quick for you guys. Yep. So well, we should like, probably go into some of the backstory of why, why Katie was already sort of trying and crazy about it after what like a week <laughs> yeah um so last summer my uh doctor I see a gynae oncologist because uh since November 2011 I've been dealing with abnormal precancerous cells on my cervix and so um after three unsuccessful leap procedures uh, the doctor told me that it was still there, this precancer, and so... And a leap, for people that don't know, is when they take... They basically take a piece of your cervix out. Yeah. That has all the cells in it. They're trying to remove it yeah, without they, taking everything out all at once. Yeah, they take, like, a cross-section, sort of a... Um, it looks like a scallop. They just remove a piece. Yeah. Um, did you bake it in some garlic butter? <laughs> it looked like it might have tasted good wrapped in bacon. <laughs> Well, what doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the doctor couldn't really tell me to get pregnant, but he was sort of like, well, you know, uh, if you want to be having children, sooner is better than later, because the next steps uh, involve either cervic, cervix removal or a hysterectomy. And I was like, oh, my God. So and it was so like now. Now or possibly never. And the longer I waited the more likely uh, the cells were to progress to cancer. So my husband and I decided that we would um, pursue both options. One, getting pregnant, and two, treatment. So the doctor wanted to do another LEAP procedure on me, and I said, okay, well, whatever comes first. If I'm pregnant, I can't have the treatment. If I'm not pregnant, I'll have the treatment, and then we'll just try again after that or whatever. Yeah. So... Um, because I was trying to get pregnant really quickly, I went totally insane and <laughs> <laughs> saw a naturopath and had all sorts of blood work done and had um, acup like ovulation acupuncture and used homeopathic um, tinctures, the Magic. tinctures and these homeopathic um, sugar pill things <laughs> <laughs> to like stimulate ovulation. Do you still have those? Did you take them all? I only paid for one dose of oh, each okay. one, so it was like a follicular phase one and a luteal phase one, and um, and then I, I did a month of the tinctures and, um, and pre-ovulation acupuncture and post-ovulation acupuncture. Mm. 
And is that different, or is it just the timing? Oh, I, oh Jackie's in trouble. Your oh, phone's foul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's I think it's the same. It's just, just needles to, like, stimulate blood flow to that area and, like, yeah. make your mucus friendly Amazing. or something. <laughs> Egg whitey. Heard, yeah. <laughs> so you can make... EWCM. <laughs> what, what? I yeah. heard that, like, non-egg white cervical mucus is, like, a... A spider web for sperm, like it just traps them. Yeah, and the the egg white cervical mucus is like a super freeway for them. It's just like slip and slide. <laughs> yeah, some cervical mucus can be more tenacious <laughs> than <laughs> others, regardless of the cycle. I'll say. Oh. Um, and so, uh, my naturopath uh, encouraged like crazy hydration and you know things to. Just staying hydrated, not drinking coffee, not doing things to, like, dehydrate you. But I work in healthcare and shift work, and I was not willing to give up coffee. But I pretty much embraced every other sort of voodoo that I could. <laughs> Did it make you feel insane doing uh, all that stuff? It No, because I only did it once because I got pregnant after one month of trying. And so um, I didn't feel totally crazy. I mean, with the ovulation test strips, yes, I kind of did. But I, I kept running upstairs and asking my cousin if this was a positive. Like, right. is this line dark enough or whatever? And, uh, yeah. And I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't gotten pregnant that first time. Because it was expensive. And it would have quickly become crazy making. Because mm-hmm. um, you were, like, all in right from mm-hmm. the first. Like, yeah. you did from what I remember, everything you can even think of, even stuff that you didn't really believe in or yeah, or trust in because you were just yeah. like, anything. Yeah. If anything helps, if it's a placebo effect, if it's even a hint of possibly helping this along, which yeah. I think well, is it like... it obviously worked because yeah. you got pregnant Something worked. Fast. Who knows what it was. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I even... Oh, my gosh. I used, like, sperm from, like, pre-seed lube and... Nice. Um would put a diaphragm in afterwards to like <laughs> keep the sperm in and have that lined with pre-seed so that you know the little sperms could have a and there was no snack out. beforehand <laughs> <laughs> and then like always making sure that you have an orgasm or two to really encourage the sperm really to suck it up into your <laughs> cervix <laughs> yep um <laughs> what's so gross well, I feel like uh, our situation is similar because yeah. of the the speed kind of the, pr- the, the, time, pressure the pressure and the timing the pressure. because we are under like financial pressure to get pregnant really fast and you were yeah. under pressure in terms of health health yeah. issues. So I think it there's a lot to be like I've I've turned to you for a lot of suggestions just because uh, our other friends I realized recently haven't really tried to conceive. They've just sort of been like, "Oh, Baby, oh, look, look at that! Mm-hmm. I'm pregnant mm-hmm. without even really doing all the crazy shit that you did or the stuff that we're kind Not, of trying to I do. I think maybe we shouldn't like, you know, make it sound like a negative. I don't think it's crazy. It's just sort of like it's crazy. It's, I mean, I guess in a, in a way it's crazy, <laughs> but it's sort of out of this like, just what anything. Like if you can do anything to help the process along, yeah. you may as well. Because what's the harm? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Anything to increase the odds. I mean, why not? Especially if there's no real adverse side effects. Except the tinctures I've heard can cause liver liver failure. Okay, I was going to ask you about that because you scared me. Because I had these herbs from the Chinese medicine doctor. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, those are frightening. Yeah. Yeah. So you've heard I've that they heard can shut down your liver. From other healthcare providers that um, they've caused fatalities. That's but I don't know in like how much in, like the, in what the person was using or whatever, and so I, I would check your liver enzymes <laughs> if you're taking any fertility tinctures. Did you? You didn't use those. I did. Oh, yeah. They take. The, I loaned you one. Okay, the ones that I have are like a powder <laughs> that I have to pour into water and then drink. Oh, okay. But yours were already mixed up. Yeah, and Anne just yeah. tasted like dirt. Like it tasted. It was like horrible. I did it only a couple times, and then Katie was like, you can die. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm clearly not going to get pregnant if I'm dead. <laughs> say you could die. Well, liver failure is a... Check your liver in the real concern. Okay. I don't know. So... Is there, like, an at-home test for that? 
Yeah, yeah I don't know. Not being yellow. <laughs> <laughs> So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so after you got pregnant. Oh, my God. And yeah. you're like, what was going to be your next step? If you guys didn't conceive as quickly as you did, what was your, were you going to ramp it up and even do even more crazy things? No, I would have tried. I think I was going to have one more cycle before my scheduled surgery. But if I didn't get pregnant in August, early September, then I would have had another leap and then depending on the results from that we probably would have waited the recommended amount of time to like start having intercourse again and and then we would have just continued trying Mm -hmm. um and what about your husband were you guys was he doing anything crazy to up his sperm count or anything he was not he was not doing anything (laughs) if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. he wasn't uh he wasn't masturbating (laughs) ever (laughs) everything was for me (laughs) not for you for for the baby yeah uh nothing was to be wasted (laughs) (laughs) and you know now that we know how how valuable sperm is yeah. Yeah, you don't want to waste that stuff. It's no, like, it's like gold. gold. Yeah. 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 That's so, good. That makes me feel better that he wasn't wasting it. Yeah. No <laughs> wasting. Um, so then you got pregnant. I wanna first I wanna know how you told how you told your husband. I I'm assuming we can use his first name. Yeah. Greg, I think. <laughs> Greggy Poo. <laughs> <laughs> Because you yeah. found out, you found out the, our weekend, like the weekend of our wedding. Yeah. Oh, and Katie was one of my bridesmaids, so it was yeah. like, she was quite busy. Yeah. We didn't know this at the time because we were kind of preoccupied, but she had done tests throughout the weekend and they kept getting darker. So then she was finally like, oh, I guess I am pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then what? Like when, how did you tell Greg? I think I said on fri- on the Friday, like, oh, I might have had this positive pregnancy test but I don't know and then I felt really dizzy that day and then the morning and then the following day was your wedding Mm -hmm. so it was the Sunday that I did another test in the morning and it was darker and I was like honey uh I think this means that I'm pregnant (laughs) (laughs) and another friend of ours I had told her because I didn't tell you guys, I didn't want to, like, distract anything. I, anyways, I told this one friend, and she was like, uh, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have to be darker than the other line. I think any line is a positive. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. <no>? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a healthcare provider, and I don't yeah, know this. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, so we, I did a pee test in the morning, and I showed him, and we had this, like, oh, my God, kind of moment. But then we were both super nervous and like well it's still really early and like it probably isn't positive and you know like we really doubted it and like and even until geez I think until I was like 24 weeks or even later I was I kept saying like oh well I'm pregnant but you know it's still early and you know like awful things happen and I would always (laughs) yeah I remember you just so you guys know babies die yeah like (laughs) like this might not last yeah if it Mm. sticks I would always say that like well I'm 14 weeks now and if it sticks then you know I'll be due and blah 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 like April or whatever and I think it's good to to (sighs) be conscious that like miscarriages are pretty common and it's okay and it's good to maybe try and prepare yourself but I feel like like, that's why a lot of people will wait, like, twelve at least 12 weeks to tell anybody, because then yeah. you don't get everyone invested in it. And I was thinking about this just this past week. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> no, we I sort of think can... it's good, though, because I think miscarriage needs to be talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But it's mm-hmm. just different, right? Like, you have this whole perception of, like, oh, you don't tell anybody. Like, people have been asking yeah. me, like, oh, are you going to tell people? And I was like, well, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're <laughs> telling everybody everything on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea. I think it would be really weird if we were, like pretending to not be pregnant and then just not yeah. talking about it like that's but it's still like a different thing because you know hopefully we'll be pregnant hopefully we'll get to share that with everybody yeah and then hopefully it will stick because that'll be kind of yeah, yeah that was our thinking too like I mean we I I think everybody in our family knew by the time I was like maybe three weeks pregnant <laughs> and and I I couldn't I was like oh well we'll only tell these people but then I was like screw it if I have a miscarriage, I'm going to be 
asking for support. Like, I want these people to know mm. so that I can have some emotional support or whatever. And I would tell them anyways. Yeah. And, you know, I mean... I think we had the exact same conversation. I was like, yeah. I never keep anything to myself. Yeah. I mean, so. I wouldn't post it on Facebook where yeah. I'm like... Yeah, but, like, family and stuff, like, I would totally yeah. want to talk to them about it. Yeah. And friends and stuff like that. Some of them. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> what was um, the most surprising thing that you noticed during pregnancy that you didn't expect? Like, physically or emotionally or... Both? Um, well, I guess... The most surprising thing physically for me was that uh, I carried past term because because I'd had three leap procedures, they were pretty worried about me going into early labor and not having um, a competent servant, cervix. So they, they were giving me ultrasounds like every two to three weeks to keep an eye on my cervical length and to make sure that it wasn't going to drop the baby out sooner than it should and so and I was taken off work really early um I wasn't put on bed rest or anything but um it was because there was just like all this protection and like oh be careful with yourself and you're at such a high risk and then I was nine days late and I had to be induced and it was like what yeah you have prepared wow. all this <laughs> you're like Time. mentally ready yeah. for like all this crazy yeah. stuff to happen and then you're like and he doesn't want to leave. Yeah, I was like, just... okay, cervix, now's like a time to <laughs> let go. Like, But um, probably one of the reasons it didn't was because it was like scar tissue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so, like, I've been through enough. Yeah, it, it didn't actually, it was like petrified cervix, <laughs> maybe, oh. I don't know. But when I was in labor, um, I guess people who've had multiple leap procedures or cervical procedures can't when they develop the scar tissue they dilate really quickly and then labor will progress really fast fast so is that is that why four hours because your labor was really quick is that why they think it was because of the previous leaps yeah so they i went from like four centimeters to 10 centimeters dilated in about 15 to 20 minutes wow which is huge and i felt a pop so i felt like the cervix like breaking open basically. would that be like the scar tissue like releasing yeah so yeah. what's your what state is your cervix in now <laughs> like is it busted <laughs> when, when i've looked at it, on it the, just like on the monitor when they when they put the camera on it it looks like one of those peony mini donuts with like three <laughs> bites taken out of the hole <laughs> Oh man! Oh, it's, uh, oh my I think god! It's... Maybe that made it easier for you to get pregnant because your hole is bigger. <laughs> oh my what? god! That sounded so gross. No, I'm serious though. Well, yeah, maybe. I and so know. all the sperm was just like, oh hey, open door. It was like going through a garage door. No, it was. St- or maybe know. Greg's sperm is just super awesome. Well, that too. Well, I think it was everything, guys. <laughs> I think it, everything just lined up. And, the, like, the everything everything you read about, though, it's all about timing, timing, timing. So you guys just, like, nailed the timing right from the start. Yeah, it was crazy. Just pretty impressive. And it worked out really great with my job. I mean, it was ridiculous. I had I just started a new position full-time. Yeah. And uh, got pregnant before my orientation was finished. I couldn't believe it, and I was horrified for the manager. I just, I felt really bad, but, um, yeah, but you're in benefits wise, everything's worked out really well. (laughs) Yeah. But you also like, you were put on leave for like so much earlier than you would expected or that most people would probably expect. Right. Yeah. I'm going on one of the longest leaves possible (laughs) with EI. I'm like, it's ridiculous. But that's the wonderful part of living in Canada. I just read Mm -hmm. in the news that the Navy the U.S. Navy only allows, or just extended their mat leave to 12 weeks. What? Whoa. <laughs> so the baby's oh just... God. Can That's... you imagine your baby's 12 weeks old and you have to be like, see ya. I'm going... What was it before it was if 12 that, weeks? I don't know, if you less have... than 12 weeks, which is horrifying. That's crazy. If you have a baby premature, too, your baby might not even be 12. Like it. Yeah. That didn't even occur to you me. You know, like oh, if yeah. you have yeah. your baby... Early, you still only get 12 weeks, but they might not even actually be... Be, like, developed up yeah. to the 12-week yeah. point. 
it's kind of crazy. I mean, we're lucky in that sense. And yeah. you, you have really good benefits, which helps a lot. Katie's yeah. been getting, like, I think, like, five massages a week <laughs> for almost her entire I pregnancy. I had the most amazing pregnancy. And, you know, it's funny, too, because it how everything worked out, it might be my only pregnancy because now I have to have another treatment, and if this treatment doesn't work, I have to have a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was actually a real gift to be off from 18 weeks pregnant on because... I just got to stay home and, like, knit and bake and do puzzles and, like, listen to radio. <laughs> buy stuff on the internet to paint and to get ready for the baby. And, yeah, like... and and go for massages, yeah. which was awesome. And Well, it probably helped because you were, I mean, it's obviously more um, stressful because you had more of a risk with all sorts of, you know, with yeah. all your cervix stuff so that you, like, probably needed the massages and the time and the, like, space yeah. to, to just enjoy it more than probably most people. So would. you would recommend not being at work while pregnant. It was crazy making too. Yeah. It was it was hard to be home. I mean it was less hard than I thought it would be. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna go a little more crazy, but there was a few weeks there where I was like losing my mind. Like I wish I had yeah. something to do. Well, where I would get like cabin fever and Greg would come home and I would be like, hi, (laughs) jumping up and down at the door basically because I had not gone out the entire day and I just like listened to cereal all day long or something. (laughs) The cereal's so good. Do you think he did it? I don't want to get into it. (laughs) He's getting a new trial, so that's that's what counts. I can't talk about it. I know. (laughs) Why, have you been banned by Greg? No. <laughs> Don't even go there. So yeah, Katie's definitely Wait. been one of our like go to like oh my god, what does this mean? Like how many times have we sent pictures to her about of like of my vagina and your mucus? <laughs> yeah, we sent her like a little. I sent overnighted. her samples of my mucus to her in the mail. Yeah, so she can like taste it and feel it mm. and tell me how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you poop on the table when oh, you gave birth? Right. Or I guess it's not a table; it's a bed. Yeah. It's a it's a crazy it, like a table. bed table. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yes, I did, and I think I knew when I did. I was like, mm, something, oh. something came out of me. Yeah, and it was because a baby. it's funny because like you can't feel the shape of your baby coming out of you, but you can feel the shape of a poo coming out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that normal? Well, you don't do you really have. It? What do you mean? <laughs> Well, I guess you don't really have the same kind of nerve endings in your yeah. vulva as you do in your anus. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. But you also, yeah. it also, to me, seems like, having obviously never gone through it, seems like there's just so much happening down there that it's all just like a schmozzle. You're just like, I don't know. Stuff's coming out. You How, can, what was the shape of the poo that came out of you? I'd have to ask Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently it wasn't a lot, but that is... Probably because when you go into labor, your body's like, mm, I'm going to help get you ready <laughs> by cleaning you out. <laughs> Both ends. So Were you throwing so, up? So, yeah. 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 After my water broke, I was like, oh, neat. My water broke. Oh, neat. I'm feeling some cramps. And then I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. I'm puking on the couch, and I was, like, kneeling next to the couch with one leg up on the couch, (laughs) because that was the most comfortable position I could get into, and Greg was in the kitchen, texting the doula, timing my contractions, calling the hospital, because I had been induced, and so we needed to find out whether or not I should come back, and if I actually had to, because I wanted to labor at home as long as I could, and anyways... And what else was he doing? He was giving me water and, like, also trying to comfort me. And anyway, so he was managing all these spinning plates. And then I needed a barf bucket, and he put it under me just in time. Wow. And, yeah, so some people vomit. And I didn't know that. I've never diarrhea. You know what? I think I'm going to be vomiting and shitting the whole time. <laughs> if it's 12 hours, if it's going to be If you take straight. castor oil, I hear that it can last because when I get stressed out, like in my day to day life, I shit. Yeah. So if I'm <laughs> giving true. birth, I'm gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, but then there's nothing left. Yeah, like, you what eventually are you start run out. <laughs> I guess 
guess so. Yeah. But sometimes Especially it seems like if I you've won't. puked everything up, you know, like you've emptied out both ends. Like what else? Did is you there? had you planned, like was it part of your birth plan to have an enema? Because I know that's No, they that don't really people, they, they don't, don't do that. that they don't do that. I've heard people talk about oh, that. Oh yeah, thing. I remember I heard you say that on yeah. episode three and I was like, Oh my god, I have to tell her. So it's not a thing. No, like if they you just want, want you to poop on the table. <laughs> They just don't That's care. What, like, well, I, yeah. It is the last thing you really care about. Yeah. I mean, maybe some I think one of our friends said that she cared. But I don't know. It's It sort of depends, too, on how intense your labor experience is because mine ramped up, like, so, so fast. fast. Yeah. And I also, I mean, a few weeks before I delivered, I was starting to feel like, oh, I don't really want to poo on the table. But, but then it's just like, who cares? Like... Mm-hmm. They no. wipe it away so fast. And well, and the thing, I, I feel like that thing, like the thing that people worry about is it's, it matters way more to you than it does to anybody else. Because everyone else is like, yeah, we've seen this a hundred times. It's not that you're sitting on the table taking a shit. Yeah. You're sitting there. <laughs> or they hand you your baby with a giant yeah. shit smear on its face. <laughs> yeah. And actually my baby shit as soon as like, <laughs> as soon as he came out, he shat everywhere. And then my husband not- was like. There's so many colors. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, do, I don't think it's common based like on the response. Like, yeah. they're supposed to poop their meconium, like their first yucky, crazy poo, within 24 or 48 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And they don't really want you to leave, I don't think, until they've had a poop. Um, the pediatrician was like, okay, make sure you tell the nurses upstairs that he had a big poop. <laughs> um, because he probably won't poop for two days, mm. and they're going to be worried that he, you know, has right. an issue. And so he was just like right out front. He's like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this." <laughs> it was <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> and it's like dark green and yeah, crazy beautiful. looking. I took a picture of the next one. I wonder that. if that means Aww. that, like, if you hadn't <laughs> delivered so quickly, like, I wonder if because he he pooped so quickly, if you hadn't had such a quick delivery, if he would have had meconium in. Like had aspirating the issues yeah. and stuff. What's meconium? Meconium is baby poo. It's their first poo. It's the first poo. Yeah. And a lot of our friends have actually had the issue where they've had meconium in the um, amniotic fluid, so then they'd have to be rushed to hospital to get the baby out because there's yeah. issues with that. It's usually and the baby can aspirate it. It's usually Nothing. more common with overdue babies. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Because they're just ready to shit. They're like, I've been holding on to this for nine months, they're guys. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serious groundhog action happening. <laughs> this, is, this is true scientific information, by the way. We're very studied on this topic. I'm curious to know when you and Greg were like talking about getting pregnant and trying to figure out like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it now. Did you feel like it was hard to deal with the stress of that pressure of like, you know, what if what doesn't work this time or the next time, then what? Were you just trying to take it like a day at a time or were you trying to, were, did you look ahead and have contingency plans and I don't think I that we felt pressure in the same way that a, a couple trying to get pregnant uh, who isn't facing the possibility of getting cancer would have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like because I was like, oh, I should see and see if I can have a baby before I get cancer. Like it was more like let's just not get cancer and if we have a baby then hooray the treatment was more of a priority than the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and it sucked coming to that conclusion but the baby was a bonus it was like we were going to not delay treatment Mm -hmm. especially at that point it had been four years right you'd been dealing with the cancer stuff for four years yeah so it's not pre-cancer I guess I mean it makes it sound like I'm like I have (laughs) cancer and yeah no, um, it just sucked, like, mm. having to... Having to come to that conclusion so young. Well, I'm not that young. No, but, but I mean young for... Yeah. Right when I want to make babies. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, actually, it's funny now, like, a year later, uh, having to make that decision again, mm-hmm. it's, it's easier because now I feel like I don't even want to risk it for another day. Mm-hmm. And so I have another treatment scheduled for five weeks. Is that oh, less than five weeks. I think like three weeks. And if that doesn't work, then I'm having a hysterectomy and that's that. Like, so with the hysterectomy, why can't they just, like, are you going to go into early menopause? No, because no, they will leave my ovaries and ovaries are the boss of menopause. Okay. So you could still, if you guys decided later on that you wanted another baby, you're still going to be producing eggs. 
Yeah, I can harvest my I will harvest my eggs probably. Like, if I have to have a hysterectomy this year, then I will harvest my eggs probably this year mm-hmm. as well because, you know, 32 and yeah. younger eggs are better. So. Yeah. so the hysterectomy just gets rid of your uterus and cervix. Yeah, there's different types of hysterectomies. I can't remember, like radical, total, and they all take different amounts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the one that I would need... I think is just called a total hysterectomy, which makes me think that it would take everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But radical is way more radical, I think. Unless I get them, I think maybe I've got them mixed up. I can't remember. Anyways. No, I feel like you're right. Radical is like everything, everything. everything. Yeah. And that was, I remember learning about this in like a women's studies class, um, that that was like the standard. That if anybody, if any woman needed, had any kind of, basically any kind of issues, this is like back in the 60s, 70s, any issues down there they just take Mm -hmm. everything out without kind of realizing that there's long-term effects and negative health effects of that as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. now there's there's like a real backlash against that for quite a while especially with like the second wave feminism because they were like this isn't medically necessary for most people and we're causing women way more health problems because of it so it's good that they're a lot more like cautious of it now i think if you i think it's different though if your last biopsy or treatment like if my last biopsy or leap shows cancer then I think they take everything including lymph nodes and same goes for if they take just my uterus and cervix and then they find cancer in it in the lab I think they might call me back and take the rest but I don't know I I don't and would you let them take the rest or you harvest eggs and then let them if I can harvest eggs I'll harvest eggs yeah is that the yeah. kind of thing that's covered because this is now a medical issue? Um, harvesting eggs and certain fertility treatments are covered for certain diagnoses. So I don't know if a precancer, like I know if you have to undergo cancer treatment, certain therapies, f- fertility, IVF, that sort of thing, harvesting eggs, that can be covered to a point would they cover a surrogate because that's if that if you end up needing a hysterectomy yeah, that's what you need right you can't know. carry on your own well it's not even can't like if it's not cancer like if mm-hmm. it's preventative mm. would it count i don't know yeah i don't, I don't think they would ever cover a surrogate yeah i don't know maybe not they okay. should like though like if you should, have to have yeah. your uterus taken out like yeah. man yeah. where are you gonna put your Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another question I have. Like, if they take everything out, where do your eggs go? In the freezer. No, no. (laughs) Right next to the in your body. Yeah, like when they're your every month, your body's releasing eggs. It just like goes into like a cavity. Yeah, I think they just like poof into your abdominal cavity and get rid of them. Sometimes that happens too. Like, I think they just release and. God, the human body's so weird. Do you do you know now? Like, have they talked about? Is there any increased risk because of the aggressive sort of precancerous cervical stuff that you've had going on? Is there any risk for ovarian or breast cancer with that? Does it? I don't know. They haven't said anything about that. No. Does it make I you feel know. differently about your body? I feel dirty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, seriously, we I, need to talk about that. I did actually feel really uh, frustrated and like my body was letting me down actually, especially right when they were going to take me off work during mm-hmm. my pregnancy because because I had some um, bleeding and they were worried. And I was like, come on, like, can't you do anything? Like, <laughs> Jesus, why can't you just be normal? And then I was like, no, 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 this isn't what my body needs. It needs to just be okay and, like, tell it that it can carry this baby and it's all right and... So you felt like it was kind of like disconnecting uh, you from your body? No, it made me mad at it. It mm. made me very in touch with my anger. <laughs> You're sh- angry at yourself? Yeah, I was very uh, frustrated. But then I quickly realized that that would not be healthy for a baby mm. or for myself even. I mean, it sucks to hate yourself. <laughs> well, no, I think I think it's really interesting because, like, women are so equated with our biology that it becomes, like, your identity. So if your body, you know, our bodies are meant for babies, that's what yeah. we're here for. That's what our biology is designed for. So if it's not working, like, 
I would imagine a lot of women would have that, like, a negative experience of that. If, yeah. if their body's not doing what it's supposed to, then, like, oh, am I still a woman? Am I less of a person? Am yeah. I, like... Well, maybe if you, your soul goal in life was to become a mother and to actually carry and to be pregnant because you can mm-hmm. still be a mom mm-hmm. without being pregnant yeah. yeah and so like and I, I never actually had that goal and I while we were deciding whether goal or not to be pregnant several years ago I didn't really want kids mm. and so when you and Greg got married had you guys talked about this because yeah. Katie and Greg have been married for six, six years. years now mm-hmm. so you weren't even thinking about kids then no I knew then that I wanted kids I mean like in my early 20s I was like oh I don't want to have kids like most of it wasn't really way. on my radar I didn't yeah. really care and then after finishing school and and facing this decision like hmm should I get cancer or not <laughs> I was like well I'm okay I actually came to a point where I was okay with not ever having any kids I was like hey we'll just be like super great rich auntie and uncle yeah and (laughs) we'll travel and and have fulfilling life with other people's children Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, we didn't that wasn't even the only other solution like yeah so I don't I didn't feel like my body was you were never really faced with like this isn't gonna work what else can we do but it it wasn't like an identity crisis like Mm -hmm. I'm failing as a human being that's supposed to reproduce and carry mm-hmm. offspring inside me. Like I didn't yeah. feel bad like that. Was it? Yeah. Was it hard for your family to kind of deal with the precancerous stuff? Because I'm yeah. s- assuming like that would. My be... mom wanted me to just have a hysterectomy like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Don't even have a baby. No, it's too scary." And everybody was really scared the whole pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It took Greg and I a really long time. Um, to get excited and to feel safe looking forward to having the baby because mm-hmm. we were so worried mm-hmm. that, you know, we were going to miscarry or I was going to go into preterm labor, like, before the baby was viable and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the family felt the same way. It wasn't all... It, I mean, that sounds like we were filled with, like, terror the entire <laughs> time, but we were we were happy and hopeful. But yeah, we you were never also, had this like caution. Some, like, you're cautious. You just yeah. have to, like, keep... A lid on your excitement or something, right? Yeah, we were. We always had this this thing in realist, the back of your like mind. it was realistic. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. risk is very real, and it could happen. And it was, it was. Yeah, you never thought about, but you never seemed to be filled with terror. Not no, but to me, <laughs> no. Anyway, you seemed happy Remember and relaxed. Time you punched me in the stomach. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! I was quite drunk. Oh. I was jealous. <laughs> I was I'm pretty sure you helped it implant. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think you had something to do with You're that. Like, that makes Angie sound like a crazy person. She didn't Which punch me in the is. stomach. It was she more just, of a slap. It was a. It was an encouraging was a tummy spank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the night that we talked about like all of the different baby names. Was Nolan one oh, of yeah. those names yeah. when we first talked about it? Yeah. Hmm. I remember that. Oops. I I hope you're okay with me telling people your baby's name. Oh my god, he's on the grid now. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any tips for people that are trying to get pregnant really fucking fast? Uh, keep an open mind, and I I don't know I, because I didn't struggle for a really long time. I can't say anything like mm, keep your chin up and <laughs> don't give up. Um. But I imagine that it would be really hard if it didn't happen quickly and it would be really easy to lose faith or whatever um, because it was a lot of work and we only did it for one month. Yeah. But just don't discount anecdotal evidence and cuckoo therapies (laughs) and... Even if I think <laughs> I think the cuckoo therapies are good for... We shouldn't be too judgmental here. For The three of us are pretty science-minded people, which is why we kind of made fun of Katie a little bit when she was doing the tinctures and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's still something that people trust in. Right? Yeah, and I think it might give you just peace of mind knowing that you're doing everything because that's yeah. Yeah. something that I've struggled with. Is like I feel like I have so much pressure to figure out what my body's doing how to get pregnant but you're putting mm-hmm. a lot of that pressure on yourself as well. yeah I think anybody and I think does. just the process puts mm-hmm. it on you but you I think are like helping that along like, well I think it's kind awesome. of nothing else you can do Angie yeah it's you true. are doing everything <laughs> but it it is peace of mind knowing that you yeah, yeah. just that extra like whatever 
Well, and Angie's like big focus has been staying calm. So the acupuncture, which I love acupuncture. I'm sad that I think I used my last. You should go pet. to that place I was telling you. It's on a sliding scale and see yeah, the but then I have to sit in a room with other people. I don't Who like cares. You close your eyes or you look at them. I totally watch them. <laughs> 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 but you're just sitting in a chair. I like the experience. It's an easy of like, boy. Is yeah. that a thing? Lazy, lazy boy? boy? Easy boy? Easy chair, oh, lazy boy. Okay. Easy boy, I don't think it's a thing. An easy this boy. This place has easy boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have to wrap up. We're almost at an hour. Well, I see, I an knew I knew long. you'd be a great guest. Yeah. You have such an interesting story and a different perspective. So You know, I didn't even answer finish answering Angie's first question. What was the first question? <laughs> we could do you this more than what, once. What something or other, what was the most Challenging physical thing and oh, yeah. emotional thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and then you started talking about cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously. So what was the most challenging? Uh, having your body hijacked completely. It sounds like a physical uh, answer, but yeah. it's more emotional because, oh, okay. holy smokes, uh, you feel nuts. You can't remember certain things. I couldn't. I shouldn't say everybody feels this way. Dizziness, feeling. Uh, really emotional and emotional yeah. in a good way like oh everything's amazing or emotional like I'm gonna kill the next person I see it changed it uh, yeah everything <laughs> all of the above uh, at various points how do you feel now so, about your body um are you like well, good job body you did it yeah it was so awesome yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack, or Katie had burst blood vessels in her face from pushing so hard <laughs> yeah it was amazing we were like yeah. you are i mean your mom was so funny she's an amazon she's a warrior woman she was so oh my like god look at her go and we we're like yeah, yeah. she kind of is like she's got like war wounds i mean i'm sure there was enough wounds down there but oh that wasn't even it wasn't even that bad i was really i had a really great labor oh yeah do you have any lasting like how many stitches did you have in your vag I tried to count, but it was hard to say. I, in maybe seven? I don't know. I don't know. They were. Did they just dissolve or they have to go in and take them out? No, they dissolve. Oh, that's good. Actually, they give the husband or the partner a, ser- a set of scissors. Yeah. So they, and some instructions. To go to town? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fry that up with your little bit they don't of still, cervix. They and... don't still call it a husband stitch, do they? Ew, no. That was a what? thing. Yeah, they call it the husband okay, stitch. Okay, Jackie's Ew. into things from like the 50s. Enemas and husband your... stitches. It wasn't only the 50s. Like that was, I, I, people will reassure you all of this. I'm not making this up. That it, That's what the colloquial term was, was like the husband stitch because you were going to get put in tightened extra up. Sti- yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, no, your body can do that on its own. It well, can like. Kegels, man. You're, no, I mean like when you heal. Your you heal vaginal canal can heal too well, yeah. and it can you can get adhesions and anyways. Yeah. There's a whole mess of things that can go wrong, but everything went really well for me, so I can't really speak to those other awful challenges. But and I'll just put this in here: her baby's amazing, so he's super cute. Definitely, and he goes to bed so easily. I'm so surprised. Yeah. You guys are. You thought tonight was easy. You guys are. Well, I guess it was harder, but I mean, it's not as hard as I've. He doesn't scream like he just is. He seems like his temperament and his disposition is so pleasant. Like he's. he's I mean, I guess he's like you guys. He's pretty great. Yeah. And he sleeps, and I don't know how, why, or how he knows, how to do that. (laughs) But I think. You don't have anything else to do, baby. Just go to sleep. Growing, man. Oh, yeah. my gosh. She's growing so much. Yeah. I guess that's... It's exhausting. Anyway, I wanted to do a pregnancy test so that we can, like, try and figure out if there's a line, but I feel like there's no point because I'm okay, pretty sure... Okay, and she's been sure... convinced for days she's not pregnant. Yeah. Maybe even the past week? Well, I'm spotting, and I don't have any symptoms. We did the blood Check test your today. Result. Check your blood test. It should be up. You think it would be up? They do that after 6 p.m.? They're lab monkeys. They never go to sleep. <laughs> okay, so I pulled out my blood test. Final results are non-pregnant. That's what it says? Non-pregnant? Well, less than zero means non-pregnant. Or less than five. <laughs> <laughs> less than zero is nothing. <laughs> I think we talked about how Angela has issues with numbers. That was a prime example. <laughs> Just the parietal result. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, earlier she was reading it and she's like, it says parietal result. Katie was like, not even looking at it. She's like, it says partial. <laughs> okay, so it says non-pregnant, less than five, zero to one week, five to 50. What? So I'm not pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already knew that. According to my blood. Blood? Blood. But I just heard a story about somebody who... No was... stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on, Katie. Will you be on again? I don't know if I have anything left to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might yes. have to ask your advice. Or just even have you here to just tell us what we're you doing. You could be our okay. like resident um, healthcare provider opinion. Yes. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to shout out, even though she told me not to, Sandra D. Sanchez from change of address for hooking us up with a couple or with her podcast she's going to play a clip and then also hooking us up with lesbian mommies which we're going to be on sometime in october sandra has done her own sort of pregnancy stuff and she's also queer so there are i think she definitely identifies as a lesbian i could probably she's a huge lesbo yeah she likes that word um (laughs) so she was like super supportive and was like i heard your podcast i've been loving listening to it and like it's bringing back lots of memories. Would love to, like, help connect you. So it was this whole, like, lesbian mommy kind of connection, which we thought was really great. Yeah, it's awesome. So thanks, Sandra. Go listen to Change of Address. It, yeah, she's really funny. Yeah, it's really good. And like us on Facebook, if you can, please. Give us reviews in iTunes. Yeah, I know that sounds like a, such a, It seems like such an annoying thing to be like, please review us. But it actually does help. Hopefully other people will be able to f- read your reviews and want to subscribe to our podcast and keep this lesbian love going (laughs) (laughs) and follow us on twitter baby mama's cast Mm -hmm. and if you ever want to contact us you can always email us at the baby mama's podcast at gmail.com and we love feedback um we're still learning yeah even if it's like your sound sucks please make it better that's good because sometimes i can't tell that's not true i try and make it as good as i can but yeah you know it's getting better but yeah we will continue to have more guests Katie will come back, depending on how drunk we get her. And <laughs> and probably in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing another IUI. Cha-ching! <laughs> okay, so how about... Are you talking baby names? Yeah. Katie should suggest a baby name. Yeah, yeah. What do you think we should name our baby? Is it a boy or a girl? We don't it know doesn't yet. matter. Give us one of each. Yeah. What were your, like, garbage names that you threw out? I wouldn't donate those to you. <laughs> Um, holy shit. It's a simple question. It's not. It's not. It's totally not. People agonize. There's books and books and books and books and books. Okay, I like, (laughs) I don't know why I like this name, because it sounds like chlamydia, (laughs) but I really like the name Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) Because that, that always, the name always makes me think of Beetlejuice. It it, it does, and that kind of make it, kind of makes it cool, but overall it's a really... Not a good name. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's um, too much like labia, chlamydia. Like, it yeah. sounds quite vaginal. It, it does. Yeah. N- meanwhile, names like Dick are totally cool. I, not with I me. I don't know about that. I wouldn't name my kid I'm Dick. I'm not cool with Dick. Richard? No. How about John? Just shush. <laughs> Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> Your baby mama's podcast.